is going on everybody welcome to episode 30 i made it to 30 episodes let's give myself a round of applause there episode 30 of trail tales this is the podcast where i kyle o'grady a through hiker peak bagger you know just big old hiking nerd chat with other through hikers and other peak baggers and other hiking nerds just like myself we have tons and tons of fun, and this episode is no exception. My guest today, Austin Davis, is a total badass. He has not only hiked the PCT, but he has yo-yoed the PCT. That's right. This dude went all the way from Mexico to Canada, and then he was like, you know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to do it all over again, other direction. So he went back southbound, all the way back down to Mexico. So crazy. I'm pretty sure he's definitely the first yo-yo guest I've had on the show, so that's pretty cool as well. He did not stop there, though. He went down to South America. He did some hiking there. He went over to New Zealand. He did some hiking there, and he even hiked the Arizona Trail, finishing just about a month ago, I believe, which is just so crazy. This dude just lives for the trail, and we talk about all that stuff, plus a bunch of random stuff. We talk about food and a lot about like water sources in Arizona and all this stuff like I'm telling you I had a blast with this one in Austin when you hear this dude thank you so so much for coming on I really really appreciate it so now's the point where most of you are probably gonna hit that skip button you know skip forward 30 seconds a minute whatever it is you want to get to the actual conversation and like I get it trust me I would be lying if I said I'd never done that during some podcast but like hear me out just like like a minute I'll, I'll try to I'll try to keep it under a minute. It's probably not gonna happen, but hey, I'm gonna try. Anyways, I gotta say a couple things here first, real quick. If you like the show, I want to hear from you. I know like every podcast like host says this shit. I know I say it every single episode, but like I am dead ass. I want to hear from you guys. If you like what I'm doing, tell me some of your favorite episodes, some of your favorite guests. Of course, I'd love to hear your suggestions for guests. I mean, that's how I find like a lot of my. Uh, a lot of my guests these days, Austin, was a, a suggestion from somebody on Instagram, which I greatly appreciate. So please hit me up. Like I said, Instagram, I got that, at TrailTalesPod. Email is another great way to contact me, TrailTalesPod at gmail.com. I know there's people out there that listen to me say this every single episode. Just do it. Come on. I want to hear from you guys. I love, love hearing from people that, uh, that listen to this show because that's what makes it all worth it. So that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say real quick is that if you like this show, if you listen to this show every single week, like a number of you do, I would just really, really appreciate it if you considered checking out the Trail Tales Patreon. I know, I know, every podcast person has a freaking Patreon, and it's, it's whatever, right? But, like, I'm serious. The reason I do Patreon is to help offset some of the costs that are associated with this show. I'm not, like, trying to get rich off of a freaking hiking podcast anything stupid like that. I mean, there are some costs associated with the show. I have to pay for hosting. I had to pay for my equipment. I'm going to be building a like legitimate website for the show very soon. So that's going to cost some money as well. So that's the reason I do Patreon. Right now, I'm very fortunate that even though I only have three Patreon supporters, I am able to offset the costs of the podcast hosting itself. And I'd really like to say that about the rest of the expenses as well. So please go check that out. That being said, I don't expect you to just give me money just so that I can, like, you know, pay for a stupid fucking website. You will get something in return every single month. 
you'll get a bonus episode and a blooper reel, as well as access to all the previous month's uh, bonus episodes and blooper reels as well. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, I'd love for you to go check it out. It's patreon.com slash trailtales. There's a link to it in the show notes as well. And that would just be sick. Shout out to Samantha, who signed up for the Trail Tales Patreon last week. I really, really appreciate that. All right, people, let's do it. Don't forget to subscribe, smash that subscribe button, and leave a five-star review. Yeah, let's do it. Episode number 30 of Trail Tales with Austin Davis, Pacific Crest Trail Yo-Yo class of 2018, and a bunch of other stuff in 2018, too, and a bunch of stuff in 2019, including the Arizona Trail class of 2019. I can't even list his classes. He's done so much stuff in the past year. So, yeah, Austin Davis, let's do it. Here we go, episode number 30, <laughs> the big three zero of Trail Tales. This week's guest is a man named Austin Davis. He has done the PCT like twice, kind of. We're going to talk about that in a second. He's also done the Arizona Trail. He's done this trail in New Zealand that I probably cannot pronounce yet. We're going to talk about all this stuff, people. I'm so excited. Austin, how's it going today, man? How was your, how was your camping trip this weekend? Like, where'd you go? Dude, I'm doing great. Memorial Day. I have a beer in my hand. Life is good. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, so this weekend we did two nights um, just outside of Salida, Colorado. Um, just on some BLM land there. It was pretty cool. Shotguns, played some disc golf, went on a hike. Good times. Yeah, it's kind of fun to like spend time outside. Like As, as somebody who's like done a lot of long-distance backpacking, I guess, it's, it's nice to spend time outside and not just be like hiking all the time, too. Like Obviously, like you'd like to backpack and do all that stuff, but I'm just coming at it from a point of reference where every year for the past couple of years, um, some friends and I have done this like canoe trip at Saranac Lake in the Adirondacks, and like it's really like the one time I actually get to spend like in the woods outside where I'm not just like you know, trying to hike like big miles and all that stuff. So it's kind of fun to like see it from the other end sometimes, I guess. Heck yeah, man. And when you're glamping, you know, you're not carrying everything <laughs> in a pack. So you have, you know, all kinds of luxury. So it was a good time for sure. All kinds of beer. Definitely. That's, that's probably the best luxury if you're not trying <laughs> to, you know, just <laughs> have to carry everything on your back for sure. <laughs> all right. So shit. I mean, okay. So everybody listening, Austin's done a ton of stuff and we're going to try to get to as much of it as we possibly can. But to start out here, Austin, I just kind of want to know, you know, how did you first learn about long distance backpacking and how did you learn about through hiking? Sure, man. Um, so yeah, I guess like a year and a half ago, um, I'd never heard of through hiking. I'd never heard of the PCT or the, the Appalachian trail. I just, that, that just wasn't a part of my life. I wasn't a big hiker. I'd only been backpacking once and it was in like in college and it was a, a total fuck up. <laughs> so, but anyways, yeah. So I was, uh, I was an accountant and I did that for four years and, uh, kind of got the adventure bug, man. And, uh, I found myself in my office every day, just, uh, reading like lonely planet blogs and different travel blogs. And, uh, I came across a blog about a dude who hiked the PCT and I was like, what? Like people hike, for six months to from Canada to Mexico, like what? <laughs> like it blew my mind. I I didn't know Understandably that. Understandably so. <laughs> you know, it's like what is wrong with these people? But 
like a long story short, I kind of just went down the rabbit hole and it just it clicked, man. And a month later, I quit my job, sold all my shit, bought all my gear, and I was on the trail. It was it was kind of just, you know, just felt right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I guess kind of on that note, you know, it just felt right. Like, can you elaborate a little bit more about what that means? Because this is something I like to dig into, like with my guests a lot, because kind of going back to what you just said a second ago, you, know, you learn about this trail that goes from Mexico to Canada and you're like, that's crazy. But like, I feel like most people would kind of just leave it at that, right? Like most people aren't going to be like, that's crazy. And I want to actually like spend my time and my money, you know, doing this, you know, why take that plunge, I guess. Sure, sure. So yeah, initially I wasn't like, oh, this is something I'm going to do. Like, you know, I'm just like everyone else. You're like, that's so, that's something I could never do. Right. But then, you know, you keep thinking about it. You're like, well, why can't I do it? Like, what's, what's holding me back? So I have this job. Okay. Well, I can quit my job. I have an apartment. Okay. Well, I can get, you know, I, I'm not married. I don't, I don't have a mortgage. So, you know, I'd like, especially now I really encourage people if, if there's something you want to do, um, stop dreaming and just do it. Like there's so, it's so easy to make excuses to not do something. Um, and you know, just, just fucking do it. Yeah. But why, why, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but like, again, I, why spend that money and that time like on a through hike itself, right? Like you could go travel overseas. I mean, I, I know you did that, but you, know, you could see like so much more. You could, you know, go hang out at the beach and like do all this stuff. You know, why, dedicate yourself to just kind of like grinding like physically and mentally like that and in working towards like some sort of goal i guess oh yeah it's a good question i mean i, like, I could have gone anywhere and i hiked a trail <laughs> right <laughs> uh for sure no i think a lot of it was um just you know the challenge like can i walk from mexico to canada um you know i don't know anyone or previously i didn't know anyone who had done it and it just seemed like a very unique interesting way to see the the West and the Pacific Northwest. So, um, I think that's part of it. And, um, I don't know, man, I think we're all just a little bit nuts. Yeah. <laughs> the records are, the records are a special breed of people. Um, I think that kind of sums it up there for sure. For sure. Well, you didn't just walk from Mexico to Canada. I mean, you walked from Mexico to Canada and then you walked back to Mexico. You did a freaking yo-yo, <laughs> which is insane, dude. What's up with that? Yeah, so that was never in like the plans, man. Like, oh, for real? Like you just like you set out on a Nobo hike, and then you just yeah, dis- dude. Okay, because that was like my first question about all this was like, did you plan this? Like, you because I when we were talking, uh, kind of setting this up, I was like, is that your first hike ever? Like your your yo yo? Like that's that's so crazy. Okay, let me let me not cut you off here. So why? Like, yeah, what what made you decide to just kind of like go and and. And come back and do the yo-yo. Like, why was that? Why was just one through hike not enough, I guess? Sure. So, um, you know, when I set off towards Canada, like, I wasn't even sure if I'd make it through the desert. Like, you know, I had, like, no no backpacking experience. Right. But uh, by the time I maybe got halfway through, I was like, oh, this is, this is great. You know, I'm cruising through Northern California. It's beautiful. I made it through the Sierras. I didn't die. So that was dope. And uh, <laughs> I realized I was pretty early in the hiking season still. Um, and if I hustled, I could uh, possibly southbound the Appalachian Trail. So that was the original plan. Okay, um, interesting. Yeah, yeah, man. I was, I was hoping to catch like uh, the changing of the leaves uh, fall as I was hiking south. But um, when I got up to Washington, man, I, I don't know, that plan didn't sound so good anymore. I, I began thinking, like, damn, I... Uh, I really want to see the Sierra Nevadas without any snow. I, I'd like to, you know, 
I'd like to see what it looks like heading south. So mm-hmm. I got to Manning Park, camped there for a day, and I turned around and kept going. <laughs> That's so crazy. How I, you might you might have just said this a second ago. I might have missed it, but like, how far into your PCT hike were you when you kind of decided that you either wanted to go back and do the AT or you know just keep hiking, basically? I was in like, I want to say halfway through, I was around Northern California when I decided I wanted to keep hiking and, and do the, the AT, and uh, I was in Washington, um, Washington State, when I decided I was going to yo-yo. When you're just going to go back down, yeah. Damn, so yeah. <laughs> what did, what like, what did like the other hikers you were around like think of this whole idea? Like, because I know for me, I, when I did the AT last year, I was like very ready to be done by the time I got around to my last couple weeks, like for sure. Like, I mean, still love to hike, like definitely going to be doing more through hikes in the future here. But like at the end there, like there was like you could not have paid me to go back and and turn it around. (laughs) So like, I'm just so curious about that. Like, how did the other through hikers that you were around kind of react to that? Like, were they like wishing they could kind of do the same thing or were they more in the boat that I was in, like kind of just ready to be done, you know? Yeah, no. um, So let's see. I hiked pretty much the whole way north with mainly just with one one person. Um, and uh, when I got up north, she had to she had to go start work in like three days, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't an option for her. But I'm sure she would have tagged along if she could have. Okay. Um, it was it was tough tough leaving her. But um, yeah, I mean, I was in kind of like a neat little bubble since I was. You know, I started early and um, I was hustling, so there was only like maybe you know, ten or fifteen hikers around me and you know within a day or so and like so you kind of get tight with them rather than this big bubble um and they were all just like dude that's you know that's that's pretty fucking cool good <laughs> luck but <laughs> i'm glad to be done yeah kind of thing yeah. so yeah i just yeah. i just think that's so amazing though because i mean i i, I talk about the whole like mental aspect of through hiking on this show quite a bit because it, it really fascinates me and I don't know, maybe maybe you'd be a good person to, like, kind of give some advice on just, like, how to keep your spirits up, I guess. I mean, obviously, like, for me, I was able to, like, keep my spirits up enough to, like, make it the whole way. Like, I wasn't, like, miserable the entire time. Like, it was amazing. Like I said, I want to go do another one soon. But, like, I was just, like, <laughs> I was I was so done at the end. And, you know, to even imagine, like, having, like, such a good attitude about it and being in such a place that I could just, like, keep going for like the entire length of what I just did is so amazing. So I don't know. How did you keep your spirits up like that? Sure. Sure. Um, for me, I mean, everyone was different, but I, I love through hiking. I loved every minute of it. Like quitting was never, never once, like even like never even crossed my mind. Even like, even my worst days getting snowed on the Sierras for days, waking up at 2 AM to frozen shoes and having Mm -hmm. to sit on them to frost them. And, you know, shit like that. I, I love it. You know, you just embrace the brutality and it's just, you know, this is going to be an epic story. This is, you know, a new experience. So for me, um, the mental thing really wasn't an issue. Um, and I would say my biggest piece of advice is make it like a little game. Like for me, it was always like how fast, like every day, like, all right, I'm doing 40 miles today. How fast can I do those 40 miles? And so by like kind of making it into a game i was always kind of entertained and stoked for the next day and every day you know a new adventure kind of a thing yeah no that that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense yeah i i I don't know i i wonder if you'll you'll always be like that or if you know at some point it'll like change like maybe just on a specific trail and and kind of in the reverse i wonder if there'll ever be a time where i get done like a crazy adventure like that and i just like want to keep going too like 
I don't know. It, it really does. It really does fascinate me. I guess I, you you just said a second ago you were hiking like forty mile days. Like that's that's pretty crazy. And again, I'm used to like East Coast hiking, so you know that people can definitely and do hike forty mile days like on the AT and stuff. But like I feel like it's a little bit less common. So I'm not sure like how the terrain difference like plays into it. But either way, like forty miles is a lot of freaking miles to hike in a day. So I guess did you ever have people like? wondering why you were hiking so fast and kind of questioning that at all um not that i know of i mean they probably i'm sure people were wondering and yeah, got in the back of their heads eh? they're like what the fuck is this guy doing like <laughs> why is he in such a rush <laughs> pretty much pretty but, much no people were cool i don't i can't think of any you know any instances of that well that's that's good no one ever said it to your face though but let's say hypothetically somebody would say that you know the classic like oh like stop and smell the roses like why are you hiking so fast and and just be clear like i i don't have a problem with it i just know that this is something that people do kind of bug out about sometimes so i don't know like what is it about like doing these big days that kind of like mm, is fun for you i guess like why not like slow down and maybe take things in a little bit more well i like both man like on the arizona trail i was chilling like straight chilling like i had no agenda i didn't have to you know finish before a deadline so i was just mm -hmm. enjoying it but once i kind of set out to do the yo-yo um i committed to that i announced i was doing it um so you know not i was going to do it and there's, there's a really tight deadline you know many many people have tried or attempted yo-yos and they usually fail because they don't get back south through the oh, sierras before the snow okay. hits and then the passes get snowed in and you're fucked i mean that's your hike's yeah. over so if you're not through in the like first week or two of October, it's game over. So basically my whole way south, I was just moving, man. Just break, no, <laughs> no zero days, just every day after day, 40 mile, 40 mile, 40 mile. Damn. And, uh, you know, your body, you turn into a machine. It just becomes, you know, normal. And, um, you know, you have the little things, you know, you get to town, you drink a beer, you, you, you know, it's always the next beer, the next burger kind of a thing. You keep oh, your yeah. spirits up, but... Yeah, man. Um, I don't even remember what your question was. I kind of started <laughs> rambling there. <laughs> so, no, you're good, dude. You're good. Oh, geez. Do I even... Yeah, it was about the uh, like the big mile days, right? Like, why put uh, yourself right. through hiking 40 miles when you could, you know, just hike, like, maybe 10 miles is a little low on the PCT. I don't even know. But, you know, hike less and maybe, like, soak things in a little bit more. Yeah, I think... I'm just... A, I'm competitive, man. It, uh, it feels good to just be crushing miles. Something about it. I don't know. It's hard yeah. to describe. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, to be fair, like everyone's got their own style. And, and another thing, in my longest day on the AT was like 30 miles, and that was not every day for sure. It was usually like 20 mile days there. So I, I wasn't hiking quite as fast, but you know, there were still a lot of people that were hiking, you know, slower than I was at least. And I know for me, it's like, sure, maybe you don't get to spend as much time like chilling and like soaking things in, but you also get to see more stuff too because you're just like hiking further in a day. Like you just. Like you just keep going, you know, you get, you get to point A and you're like, shit, this is cool. But like point B sounds pretty sick too. So I kind of want to just get there, you know? Absolutely, man. Yeah. The, a lot of people, I get, I got that a lot. People were like, like, how, how can you even see what's around you when you're, when you're doing those big days? I'm like, mm -hmm. what do you mean, dude? Like, I'm just seeing more every day. It's, yeah. It's better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something that, cause I, I've asked this question to other people on the show before too. And that's like kind of what the the general like consensus is i guess and in, in response to anybody questioning that so i don't know yeah you can you can do whatever you want people hike lots of miles hike short 
miles like don't hike like i don't i mean actually no don't do that you should definitely go hike but yeah <laughs> do what you want um let's see i okay so this this might be a little bit tough to answer because of the whole yo-yo thing but i actually so you know what i was trying to record another interview this weekend with a lady who hiked the pct both northbound and southbound like two different times and unfortunately our our conversation kind of fell through but i guess i could kind of throw this question at you again it's a little bit different because you did them like in the same hike pretty much but what would you say to somebody who is like trying to decide which direction they want to hike the pct aka me because honestly i'm thinking about doing it in the next couple years i don't know what are some of the advantages of going northbound what are some of the advantages of going southbound what do you think about the whole like uh choosing a direction thing i guess dude I'm all about southbound. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. So you, you take you kind of took a hard hard stance there. Let's. I want to hear about this. Yeah, yeah. So I guess my two main reasons would be there's no bugs when I was going south. So for people listening, if you're wondering, like, right, so when are there no bugs? When did you start going south? Well, I, I started going south July 31st. So that was when I began my southbound. Is that hike. like, is that a little bit later than like a normal southbound PCT start date? I would say, yeah, for sure. It's about a month. I, okay. I think most people start like in the beginning of July. Okay. Yeah. So there's no bugs, which was great. Because when I was heading up north, man, um, Northern California and Oregon was just nuked with mosquitoes. Like you just could not get away from them. They're everywhere. It was pretty horrible. Mm. So you hike the AT. I'm sure you, you know a lot about bugs yeah. too. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's some bad sections for sure, for sure. So that was pretty neat, just no bugs. And then, then you get to the Sierras, and there's no fucking snow. <laughs> you can just walk <laughs> on trail. You don't have to stare at your gut hooks to like you know know where you're going. There's a fucking trail. There's no creek crossings. It's dry. You don't have to like cross these crazy creeks that are freezing cold. I don't know. It's just, um, it was just an easier hike, I guess, um, for those two reasons. Um, the only drawback I would say. Um, and this could be a bonus depending on what you're into, um, is a lot less people hike it southbound. So you may be, you know, spending more days alone. Um, you, you know, it, that might be something to consider because it's definitely more popular to hike north. Right, but, uh, right. The secret's out, guys. Southbound's the way to go. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Okay. How, I, I guess, how many people were you seeing when you were going southbound? And, and, and again, I know your start date was like a little bit later. I'm assuming you probably caught up to a lot a lot of people, you know, at some point as well. But like you say, there's less people. Like, was there like significantly less people? Like, as in, you know, maybe only seeing like one or two through hikers a day, or was it just like you know more than that, but just not as many? Like, can you just kind of talk about the amount of people? Like, I'm really, I'm really just curious about this, honestly. Like, I'm trying to decide which direction I'm going, so I'm trying to take everything into consideration. Yeah, man. So once I caught up to like the main southbound bubble, um, which took a bit. I would, you know, I, I saw tons of people. I, I would hike by, you know, it was a, lots and lots of people every day. Mm -hmm. But before and after that, it would be, you know, just a, a hiker here and there. Um, I would even go days without seeing anyone, which Interesting. was kind of nice. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, okay. Would you say, are you generally like a solo hiker or do you kind of like both, you know, having other people around or I don't know, like I, I know sometimes when you're hiking at a pace like that too, it can be hard to like stick with a group of people for a long time. So I don't know. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, man. So that's a tricky one. Like 
hiking, at least to me, it's not really a team sport. Um, everyone kind of has their own pace, um, their own agenda. And so if you are going to commit with, to, to hike with someone, um, it's, it's tough because you have to, you know, it's, it's not just about you. You have to take into account, you know, what they want to do when they get into town, where they want to camp, how many miles they want to go, when they want to rest. So, um, I did hike the whole way North, basically the whole way North, um, with one person and it was great. She was the best hiking partner <laughs> ever. And I'm hoping we can get back out and hopefully the CDT in a year or two. Nice. Nice. But, um, yeah. So to answer your question, I like hiking alone just because I can do my own thing, stop when I want to stop, take pictures when I want to take a picture. But like, I love camping with people. Like camping yeah. alone sucks. Yeah. So like in the perfect world, and this is what me and my hiking partner did is we would camp together every night, but during the day we would just hike at our own pace. Like I would usually get into camp about an hour before her and then she would cruise in and every morning we would, we'd pick a, pick a spot down the trail and we'd commit to, to meeting there that night. And it, it worked out pretty well for us. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's the way to do it for sure. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty popular thing among like, you know, bubbles when you're doing the AT or the PCT or whatever. Um, when I was on the AT, I was, I had, I did about half the trail just with one other person. And then the second half I was with like a couple more people and that's pretty much what we did. Like the entire way it was just like, okay, you know, we're going to meet here at the end of the day and we'll do that. But then kind of, you know, go at your own pace during the day. And like some, sometimes we would like actually hike together too, for like a mile or two here and there, if it just kind of worked out that way. But for the most part, I, I, I could not agree more, honestly, like camping alone sucks. Definitely want to camp with other people kind of unwind at the end of the day a little bit, you know, have someone to bitch and moan to for a second. If, if you're in that mood or someone to kind of, you know, take it all in with, if it's a, if it's a better vibe, but then, you know, being able to go at your own pace while you're actually hiking is definitely a lot better. Um, let's talk about the Arizona trail a little bit, Austin. So I talked to a man named Joseph Sweatlines was his trail name about the Arizona Trail. He had hiked the Arizona Trail at the end of last year, I believe. This was like a couple months ago now. He was one of my earlier guests, so I can't quite remember, honestly. Sorry, Joseph, if you hear this. But um, one of the things that really stuck out to me about this trail, about the Arizona Trail, is the whole like water source like drinking out of, what do they call the cattle troughs, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. They're so, pretty gnarly. So, dude, like I've I've never really hiked anywhere besides um on the East Coast. Like I've done, you know, number of miles here obviously did the at and i've done you know probably at least a thousand miles beyond just that over the years but i've really never hiked out west so i'm not used to like bad water sources i'm not used to long water carries and so when joseph was telling me about drinking out of these like cattle troughs i like i could not believe it like honestly if you go back and listen to that episode like i'm kind of embarrassed about it now because i've done a little more research and i was just like freaking out about that <laughs> but i gotta say like I, I still gotta ask you about it like how was it drinking out of those and like did you ever have to drink out of any like super super nasty ones yeah man that's that's just a part of the game on the azt um unfortunately yeah there's a few there's a few stretches where there's nothing but uh these stock ponds and these cattle troughs and they're just you know these algae infested swamp yeah. just swamp water man but um I gotta give a shout out to Sawyer, man. I you put that shit through the Sawyer and it comes out, you know, comes out clear and yeah. you squirt a little Mio in there and it, it tastes fucking good. No <laughs> issues. It's just uh, it's a little gross dipping your hand in the water to get it. That's the worst part, I think. Yeah, yeah, right. Like something's gonna just like come up and freaking like take a nip at your finger or something. Ugh. 
Oh, yeah. for sure. Swamp monsters, man. Like they're out there. <laughs> they're in the water sources <laughs> on the AZT. Damn, damn. Um, How often were you drinking out of those nasty sources? Is it like a regular thing? Like, are we talking like once a day, twice a day? Is it only for like a specific like section of the trail? Like, can you just kind of talk about the frequency of those gross water sources? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're out there and you're thinking about hiking the AZT, definitely don't let gnarly water sources freak you out because there's probably only two or three that were really bad that you kind of have to drink out just because it's just the only water around. Right. Um, for the rest of the trail, uh, and, th- and those are down south, like in the, in the desert. Um, once you get up north, you know, that's not an issue. And okay. people are really great at leaving caches at Waterhead. So, I mean, I'd say in, in, in the desert, most of the time I was filling my bottles with bottled water. It was pretty, okay. pretty great. Okay. The trail angels are solid down there. Okay, so here's kind of a here's a question kind of going off of that. Um so again, never hiked out west, not used to these like water caches, all this stuff, all these long water carries. So like would you say that you can like kind of rely on water caches on the AZT? Or were you usually like still kind of planning it just like, you know, legit water source to legit water source and then kinda of just like topping yourself off with the water caches, I guess? <laughs> So, um, this probably isn't good advice, but yeah, I totally plan on, okay, on water caches. Hey, no, tell, but... tell it like it is. Like, I know like, <laughs> like people, like you should never rely on water caches. Like, I'm just going to throw that out there. But honestly, like I, I've always like wondered about this because that's usually the, you ha- you can't rely on them is like always the response I get. Right. So I'm, I'm kind of glad you're saying differently. I want to, I want to hear about this. Dude, on the PCT and on the AZT, I always kind of relied on them, but you got to be smart about it. Like especially in the AZT, all these caches, they're typically at a trailhead where there's a road. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, all right, worst case scenario, there's no water there. Fuck. All right, I'll put my thumb out and shake my, an empty water bottle and someone will eventually stop and give me water. I'm not going to die. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just might, you know, you might be uncomfortable. I've had nights where, yes, there was no water. I was thirsty. It was uncomfortable. Just, you know, but it's not life-threatening. It's if You just got to know your own abilities and your own limits and what you're comfortable with, I yeah. guess. So you did have times where you got to water caches or what you thought was going to be a water cache and you were kind of shit out of luck? Yeah, happened a couple times and it's, you know, it sucks, but it uh, doesn't happen often. But uh, yeah, it definitely can. Okay, interesting, interesting. So another question that I always like to ask people with the West Coast, especially the Arizona Trail, because it does sound like it's a pretty dry trail. How long, you know, and I know it varies, but like, how long on average were you having to carry water like between stretches, right? Is it just like, because I don't, I don't know, because I feel like I was always under the impression until I started this podcast, honestly, and actually started to have a lot of conversations with people who have done these Western trails. I was always under the impression that it was like 20 or 30 mile like water carries, just like ridiculous shit, right? I don't know. Did you ever have anything that came like close to that bad? And like how often, or excuse me, how long would you say like your average water carry was? I'd say my average water carry is about 20 miles. So they are um, that bad, really? But, but the caveat is that's not like, you know, there were a lot of, a lot of times where I could have taken a side trail to a, a cattle trough or I could have, I could have gotten water, but okay. that's just how I roll. Like I, you know, I just don't need that much water sometimes, <laughs> you know, 20 miles. I, I'd rather just get the miles in and rather than, you know, than stop and, and filter water. So I'm comfortable hiking, throw two liters on my back. I can get 20 miles in no problem. Okay. And when you talk about these like side trails or like places you could have gone to get more water, are you talking like 
just like a point two off the trail kind of thing or like a like a miles off the trail and kind of looping back like kind of deal you know yeah i'd say anywhere from like a mile mile down okay interesting so i guess see w- people who hike out west a lot are probably like thinking like i'm kind of a bitch for like oh it's only a mile off the trail right but like on the 18 all the east coast trails it was usually if, if a water source was more than like point two off the trail like i would never even bother to go get it because like i could just like go a couple more miles and then get more water so <laughs> i'm the same way man <laughs> it's like yeah like why <laughs> like if you, especially if you're trying to do like 40 mile days like you are like yeah <laughs> not really trying to go super far out of the way but it also sounds like you kind of have to in certain scenarios on these western or i guess more specifically the azt because that's what we're talking about um so i don't know i i don't know if i'm ever gonna hike the arizona trail it's like it's on my list but it's like not high on my list so maybe i'll get to it eventually but yeah i don't know like the cattle troughs dude like i don't i don't know how i do with that like i'm just i'm just too like vermonty like east coasty I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 used to having like too much water on the trail not like a lack of water like that you know yeah no i feel like it's not for everyone it's not for everyone i mean then again i haven't actually done it so who knows who knows um so another thing kind of relating to like the whole like water thing is bringing a stove or not bringing a stove so like on all my hikes, like, I love to have a stove. Like, I, I I have a pretty light setup and everything, but, like, that's one of the things that, like, I have a very hard time imagining myself giving up. However, you know, hearing about these long water carries, and actually, I've been doing a lot of research on the, uh, the CDT, like, the past, like, week or so, and there's some long water carries on the CDT as well, it sounds like. So, I'm kind of, like, planning and, like, skeeving for when I, if and when I get out there and... I can almost see myself not bringing a stove on a trail like that just because, you know, I would like have to have even more water to like cook with. And, and it just seems like, and then, and then like clean my pot and do all this stuff. So it kind of seems like it might actually make sense, I guess, for a trail with less water. What did you do for like your food and like your cooking or lack thereof kind of setup? Yeah, man. So, um, I did begin, um, the PCT with a stove and a pot but uh about i don't even i sit at home in ida wild i think that's like i don't know 170 ish miles in okay so pretty pretty early on mm-hmm. yeah it's, it just was extra weight I, I wasn't really using it so i ditched the stove man and i, I basically just a pretty simple diet that's i mean my trail name is snacks because <laughs> really all i eat um <laughs> you know candy Protein bars, trail mix, jerky is pretty much my staples. Damn. Like even for dinner and stuff too? Like that's not just like kind of what you're snacking on throughout the day? Yeah, man. For dinner, I would have like, you know, uh, I'm really into those uh, complete cookies. Pretty solid. I'd have like one or two of those, a couple protein bars, chocolate bar. And that was pretty much it. And the Sierras, I cold soaked um, because I needed the extra calories. But uh, other than that, it was just kind of snacking. Interesting. Okay. See, I feel like even if I didn't bring a stove, I don't know if I could just like straight up eat like protein bars for for dinner. I feel like I'd still have to have like some sort of like <laughs> I don't know, like at like like that's obviously like an actual meal. Like it's calories are calories, right? But like I'd have to have like some sort of like wrap or like something, dude, or like cold soak. Like I don't even know. Like that's that's pretty crazy. Like you must have like burnt out on that stuff for dinner after a while, right? Dude, that's what's weird, man. Like, I'm off trail. I'm, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I have my own place. Like, 
I still eat those same <laughs> fucking protein bars. I still eat that same God, the same fucking trail mix. Uh, wow. I just, Damn. I, it worked for me because I actually enjoyed it. Like, you know, I, yeah, I yeah. enjoy snacking. It's, it's, I've always been that way. And, uh, so yeah, it's, I always look forward to that protein bar, man. How many, like how many, like how many protein <laughs> bars do you eat for dinner? Like shit. Like, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I would usually have like my biggest meal of the day, like for dinner. Like I would, I would probably like eat at least a thousand calories between the tortillas and all the north sides and fucking pepperoni and all that shit like <laughs> were you just like cramming down like six protein bars <laughs> like like how many would you eat like i, I gotta know yeah so I, I usually would have like three or four throughout the day and then uh, for dinner i would have uh, one of those complete cookies they have like 500 calories in them so that's a good start yeah yeah and then i'll have you know a protein bar too and then I'll eat like half a quart of trail mix, which is a shit ton of calories and fats. And so <laughs> oh, yeah. that stuff, it's dense, it's heavy. So it's really not the best ultralight option. Um, but like I said, I just enjoy it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's rocket fuel. Yeah, dude, it's, literally, it's, it's hiker fuel. And trail mix has like a pretty, I mean, it's like heavy, but it, it packs a punch, you know, like you, you get a lot for what you're carrying for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. How about um like breakfast then? Don't tell me you just had protein bars for fucking breakfast too. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, breakfast was always exciting. Um, I would have my breakfast brew, which Ooh. check it out. It's it's this is exciting. Write this down. Take notes, guys. <laughs> so you take so a liter, a liter smart water bottle. You fill it up halfway with water, and then you uh you throw in two packets of the like instant coffee, like Starbucks Via or yep, Folgers, yep. just instant shit. And then you do one packet of the chocolate breakfast essentials, <laughs> shake it up. You do that the night before so that when you wake up, it's ready to go. And you just fucking <laughs> chug that guy and you're on the road. Nice, nice, nice. I actually just tried the uh, breakfast essentials for like the first time on a hike I did a couple weeks ago. For some reason, I don't know, I, I just like never did them, but I always would have instant coffee in the morning. Like, like I fucking love coffee, like every every day like i have to have coffee even if i'm in the middle of the woods right and like i just for the first time i tried like just mixing that in with the coffee like a couple packets of that and like it honestly gives you a nice little boost in the morning like i, I usually drink my coffee black honestly which is why i kind of resisted it for so long but like it's pretty much just like some like coffee with like creamer and it has like some protein and calories in it too so that shit's actually pretty good i i tried the uh the french vanilla kind like sounds like you like the chocolate better though eh? Yeah, man, I gotta say, not a big fan of the vanilla. Um, but hey, to each their own. To each their own, for sure, for sure. All right, Austin, would it be okay if I just like drill you with a bunch of questions about this New Zealand trail? Because I, I do this thing where when I cover a trail that I haven't like um talked about on the show before, I'll often just kind of like ask a bunch of like very basic questions about it, just to kind of give my listeners, who I'm sure a lot of are also kind of wondering about this trail. Some of them, like the the smart, experienced ones, have probably heard it all before, but the ones like me are probably kind of curious. So is that cool? Yeah, I'm just going to like ask like a bunch of like the basic questions, you know, talk about like what... First of all, actually, hold on, Kyle. Let's not get too ahead of myself here. <laughs> I can't pronounce the name of this trail. So that's <laughs> that's the first thing. How do you pronounce the name of this trail? Terra. All right, let's... W- one more time, real slow. <laughs> <laughs> Te Araroa. Te Araroa. Dude, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. It's fucking weird. <laughs> te Araroa? Like, is that what it is? Yeah, like, no, that was perfect. Te Araroa. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna butcher that as we go on, but okay. It's called the TA, man. The TA? Okay, TA. I can do that. I like that a lot. 
T-A. So for those of you that don't know, um, this trail is in New Zealand, as I said a couple times, and that's really all I know about this trail, honestly. I had never even heard of it until I was on my thru-hike this summer, and I talked to a couple people that were kind of like uh, thinking about doing it in the future, and at first I was kind of like, yeah, like New Zealand, like, I, I mean, I don't know anything about New Zealand, so I was like, it can't be like something similar to like a thru-hike here in the United States, right? And, you know, I've, I have like done a little bit of research since then. I'm honestly mostly just looking through your website and, and kind of reading some of your, uh, your entries from that. And like, I, I was definitely wrong. Like it looks like super legit and I'm actually pretty excited to learn about it. So let's start with that. So like, what is this trail exactly? You know, where does it start? Where does it end? How long is it? Can you just give me some of that like basic information? Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, it starts, uh, in the north, the northern tip of the North Island, for those of you who don't know, New Zealand is made of two islands. So the, the northern tip uh, is Cape Rianga, and um, that's where you start Okay. Um, if you're going Soba, which is what I did. Um, I started uh, actually started on New Year's Day, so that was kind of cool. Um, Interesting, yeah. And then, yeah, then you, had, you make your way south. Um, it's about, uh, um, yeah, south all the way down to um, the southern tip of the South Island, which is uh, Bluff. And um, all together, it's about 1,800 miles. Damn. And um, you sp- I would say those miles are split pretty much evenly between the two islands. Between the two islands? Okay. Well, shit, this just popped into my head. How do you get between the islands? <laughs> Dude, that was the, uh, the interesting thing about the, this, the TA that I, I hadn't expected. Um, so to get between the two islands, you have to take a ferry. Um, it's about a three-hour long ferry ride. And oh, wow. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. You, you, have the, you, you get online, it's like, like like buying a plane ticket. Um, it was pretty Damn. interesting, but uh, it's cool. It's cool. You can't just like swim that shit, right? Like does that, does that count as like ferry blazing <laughs> if, you, if you didn't actually like swim between the islands? No, that's, that's stupid, people. Don't do that. You're going to drown. <laughs> I would definitely drown. <laughs> No, dude. Some of my readers for sure gave me shit for not swimming. Especially, like, I'm a swimmer. Like that's my sport. Has oh, always been my sport. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, honestly, I am a pussy. I should have swam it. <laughs> damn. Damn. No shit. No, d- don't. Don't do that, people. I don't want to be responsible for anybody freaking drowning in New Zealand, the country I don't even know anything about, really. Okay. So another question I have about this is like, how does the whole camping thing work? Because Again, like I'm like only used to like, you know, East Coast, United States, like, you know, backcountry kind of camping. But just from doing research on some like other like random trails, not even in New Zealand, just in other countries, right? Like there's a lot of these trails that like it sounds like you can't really just like, you know, US style like backcountry camp on. What is the camping like on the TA? And are there like, you know, places like you can actually like stay like hostels and stuff like that? Or can you just like pitch a tent or whatever? Yeah, man. So the TA is a lot different um, than anything in America. Um, and, you know, it, it you can't really just freedom camp like you can on the PCT or the, the AZT. Um, a lot of the time, you're, hike, you're supposed to hike from hut to hut um, and stay in the hut. I, however, was not a fan of the huts. I, I like tenting. Um, I don't sleep well. With a bunch of strangers, especially yeah. if they're snoring, that's mm-hmm. not cool. Oh, for sure. So, I only actually stayed in the huts like once or twice, um, and that was just because it was raining. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's tough. Um, you kind of you really have to plan your camping. 
because there's not, there's just a lot of times there's just not places. So you would have shorter days or some, or you would have longer days to get to, to, you know, potential camps, campgrounds. And then what was kind of rough, um, about New Zealand, especially the, the North Island is there's so many little towns you go through, like, you know, you're hiking through a lot of private land. Um, you can't camp. And so you have to get either a hotel room or an Airbnb or a hostel. Yeah. And, uh, pretty damn often. And so that racked up, um, you know, money wise pretty damn quick. I think I spent more money in two months in New Zealand than I did in seven months on the PCT. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah. The camping situation is not, not great, but, um, you can make it work. But the South Island's a lot better. The North Island is, is rough. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And you, when you say, you know, you, obviously you're still able to make it work. Were you usually like stealth camping or were you mo- mostly just like staying at like actual like campgrounds for people that, you know, weren't just on a through hike, right? Yeah, man. I was stealth camping like 80% of the time. Okay. Okay. So you, you still were able to make that work. Um, I'm not going to make you admit to doing anything illegal, but like we're actually, I, I, that's pretty much exactly what I'm about to do. Like, were you, were you ever, um, like camping, you know, where you quote, maybe like shouldn't have been, or were there still like enough legal, like stealth spots that you were able to kind of make it work, uh, with some, you know, some planning, I guess. Yeah. Um, without a doubt, I, I camped, you know, a few times, um, places I definitely should not have. But, you know, it's kind of the thing. You get in late at night, you leave early. No one's going to bug you. That's the key. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it happens, but uh, not that often. Okay, okay. And, yeah, it sounds like most people maybe are not doing, like, the whole camping route, so they're just, like, staying in the, the huts. Actually, yeah, tell me tell me more about these huts, right? Because that's actually another thing I had uh, heard about from other hikers, you know, when, when learning about this trail on my thru-hike last summer. Like, how do those work? Like, can you just, like, show up? Like, how much do they cost? Do they feed you? Is it just, like, a hostel, pretty much? Tell me about the huts. Yeah, so um, New Zealand does a really good job um, with their huts. Like, there's some of them are super impressive. Um, and not so much on the North Island. There's definitely plenty of huts on the North Island. But on the South Island, you could be in a hut every single night if okay. you wanted to. And that's what a lot of people do. Um um, you know, a lot of people hike 10 miles a day from hut to hut to hut, you know, yeah. and that's why I think the average TA through hike is five to six months. And, you know, I did it in two months. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you, you know, you just want to enjoy hike slow through the mountains and camp in a hut, you can totally do that. And they're nice and they're warm. They all have stoves and wood and they're pretty dope. But, um, the hut pass is what you got to get though, if you're interested in doing that. And, you know, I don't know how much it costs because I didn't buy one because I didn't really use the huts. <laughs> right. But I don't think it's too bad. Okay, interesting. And then obviously you can just like stay at any of them at that point once you get that. Yeah, once you have the hut pass, as long as it's um one of the government uh, run huts, there's some private ones out there that oh, you, okay. you need permission to stay in. But yeah, for the most part, you're set. Okay, interesting. Yeah, see, I don't know. I, I would love to like go to New Zealand. I've never really been to another country in my entire life honestly i've i've been to canada but that almost like doesn't count because i live less than an hour from the border up here in vermont so <laughs> i would definitely I, I think that'd be such an amazing way to like experience a foreign country like just like literally walking the fucking length of it like that's that's so awesome so i don't know i don't know what i would do if i were to go do 
the TA, honestly, because I also, like, really enjoy just, like, you know, tent camping. Like, I'm not crazy about, like, I, I was never crazy about staying in hostels on the AT. Um, hotel rooms are, like, better, obviously, but, um, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I think I'm gonna have to think about that a little bit, but I feel like I have a better kind of understanding about how the camping works now. So that's pretty sweet. Um, how about other people on this trail? Is it, is it like a pretty popular trail, like kind of comparable, ugh, kind of comparable to like the PCT or the AT, you think? Totally. Um, I think, I, I don't know if this is true. I, I think I heard around like a thousand people hiked it this, this year. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's a traffic trail. You, I didn't go a single day um without seeing people actually that's not true so i started pretty late in the season so it took a, a couple weeks for me to actually run into my first through hiker but once i caught up to the bubble they were every day i would see tons of hikers okay interesting interesting um how about other americans specifically yeah so i met a handful of americans um it, it seemed like uh, i met a lot of germans a lot of a lot of people from Europe, um, surprisingly, very few uh, Kiwis um, were actually out there, um, which is I'm assu- is that is that a, is that the a term for like people from New Zealand? I'm assuming that yeah okay yeah for sure <laughs> yeah yeah I met I met a few people from America I met uh I met one dude that I I ran into on the PCT last year so that was kind of cool oh no way like like did you like realize you might see each other or was it just like a total random like small world kind of thing total random man oh, it was awesome. it was weird that's so crazy yeah that's so crazy um how about like resupply and food like what's what's that like on the ta because i mean it's it sounds like you're going through towns pretty often here are mail drops even a thing on this trail like are there like grocery stores or like places to buy food like pretty consistently along the way like how's the food situation yeah man so the food situation um is just like uh, the PCT, you know, their supermarkets are the exact same thing as America. We they eat the same shit that we do. There's nothing weird. Um, so um, the resupplying was was a breeze there, man. I sent I sent one box to uh, this little town called Saint Arnaud, and that's because I think there was only like a gas station there, and I okay. could I could have gotten by without it. But um, yeah, so on the on the North Island, there you hit more towns. So I would say my average food carry was just two or three days like it was okay. nothing and um on the south island it's a bit more remote and so i think my longest food carry was like five or six days but average was like three or four still not that bad yeah not bad at all not bad at all so like was it like the pct in that you had to like actually go off trail a little bit to get into town and resupply or does the trail actually go through like most of these towns most of the time, the trail actually kind of just goes through, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, you know, every once in a while, you'd have to throw the thumb out and get to town. Um, hitchhiking. Falls were very. No, sorry, sorry. I, I, just, I just think that's crazy. Like hitchhiking in like another country, like that. That kind of blows my mind a little bit. That sounds like pretty sweet. Dude, what's cool about New Zealand is, is like hitchhiking is like a total thing there because um, backpacking, like not the kind of backpacking we do. Like they call backpacking over there, just like you know, just traveling around with your shit in a backpack, yeah. or like hitchhiking, basically, you know. Damn. And so that's like a super popular there because <clears throat> it's you know a beautiful country, so all the tourists. Um, so hitching there was a, the easiest. You know, it, it never took more than a few minutes. It was it was great. People yeah. are so friendly. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I guess, dude, this is like rapid fire. Like this is great. I'm learning so much here. Um, a big question about this trail is like. 
just like what is the terrain like because i don't know anything about this like is it like steep like are you climbing a lot is it like flat like are you going through forests fields like all that stuff like i don't even know what's the terrain like on this trail yeah so it's super uh varied um in the north island it's a lot of beach walks which are cool oh shit Um, see i I didn't even didn't even occur to me beach walks like that sounds amazing yeah man it's um beautiful new zealand has incredible beaches man just for miles and miles and so a lot of beach walks. Um, unfortunately, on the North Island, <laughs> the trails can like fifty five percent road walking. Oh, really? Like, paved, busy roads, and so it's quite common for people to kind of hitch a lot in the in the North Island, which yeah. isn't my thing. I, I did hike all the roads, and it it sucked. To be honest, I I really didn't enjoy the North Island that much because it felt like I was just you know hiking on. 30 miles on a road to get to the next trail and be on a trail for a day or two. And I'm just, you know, spending another day on the road. Interesting. That kind of sucks. Um, but it's really pretty. I mean, the North Island is more volcanic and the South Island is more, um, uh, not volcanic, I guess (laughs) pretty (laughs) ignorant, but yeah, no. So there's a pretty cool, um, um, uh, section called the Tongariru Alpine crossing. And you go up and over this like, Mount Mordor from Lord of the Rings is what it is. It's it's fucking cool. And so that's, that's really the only highlight of the, uh, the North Island, in my opinion. Um, the, uh, and then the terrain, um, and this is pretty consistent North and South Island. When you are in the forest, um, a lot of really cool forests, like, uh, I don't I don't know the names of the, 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 the trees there, but they're dope. Um, (laughs) but there's no switchbacks. It's not, it's, you know, it's not like the PCT or the AZT. It sounds like I haven't hiked the AT, but it's what I envision the AT to be like. You're just going straight up and yep. straight down these big yeah. fucking mountains. And it can be brutal at times, man. <laughs> but uh, in mud, mud, it's it's it, it's super muddy too. Like your feet are wet pretty much every day, all day. Um, you're walking through. There were times I was walking through like ankle deep mud for you know days everything is covered in mud so that was kind of shitty yeah okay so that does sound a lot more similar to the to the at then would you say that ta was more difficult just as far as like the um like the climbing goes maybe than the pct you know not so much the climbing i think what made it mentally tougher for me was um the rain it rained like almost every other day and um i'm from phoenix arizona like that's where i was raised i don't really do rain <laughs> so I'll, I'll just say i uh i highly recommend ponchos um they, they were yeah. great and <laughs> i don't really do rain oh man dude i wish i could say that here in vermont but that is not the case at all um so i guess the, one of the last like major questions i have about this trail is so sorry for those of you that aren't from the united states listening to this but i gotta ask because like i've like i said i've really never traveled out of the country before what was the process like um you know as an american you know traveling there and in kind of you know finding your way to the trail um you know interacting with like the change of culture i guess which i mean i don't think it's like super super drastic it sounds like but like i don't know um and then like some of the logistics as far as like the visa or lack of visa like i like i really don't know how any of that stuff works with uh new zealand so how was your experience just kind of with that like being foreign and and traveling there 
Yeah, man, that's that's actually a good question because it was quite a process. Oh, really? That trailhead. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so I actually flew to New Zealand from Chile. Uh, I was down in South America doing some hiking, and um, I was actually I my original plan was never to do the TA. I was my original plan was to through hike the Greater Patagonian Trail, and after about 150 miles of that, I bailed because I was not having fun. Um, and so I, I basically just you know, I, I, just, I knew I wanted to keep hiking and I needed to be in the Southern Hemisphere because, you know, that's where summer was. Um, mm. So uh, New Zealand was kind of my best bet. Um, I didn't know anything about the trail. Um, you know, I hadn't done any research. <laughs> I, I just bought it. Like I bought a ticket to New Zealand and the next day I uh, like was on a plane to the other side of the world, man. And Damn. Uh, Damn. It was crazy. Just getting to New Zealand took about 50 hours of oh, traveling, straight yikes. traveling. Because I was down in um, I was down in uh, uh, Torres del Paine National Park, which is in like super, super southern Chile. And it's kind of remote. And so I had to take like two buses just to get to the regional airport. And from there, I took a regional plane to, you know, to uh, Santiago, where I hopped on a bigger plane and from there, I went to uh, uh, Argentina, which, um, you know, was fine. And then from there, I, I got to New Zealand finally. Yeah, yeah. And so that that alone took forever. So now it's 9 a.m. I'm in New Zealand. I'm in, uh, I flew into Auckland. And uh, I hadn't slept in, you know, like I said, like 50 hours. But I'm like, all right, I don't want to spend a night in Auckland. I just want to get to the trail. So um, it's about, I think, 400 miles of road to get up to, to where the trail starts in, in Cape Rianga. And so I was able to buy a bus ticket that got me about half the way there, but uh, there was just no buses that go any farther north oh, than wow. that. Yeah, man. So I got off the bus in uh, Kira Kira, I believe is where I got off. And um, from there, I had about 200 miles of hitchhiking and it was like 5 oh, p.m. <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, you got this, Austin. You got this. So I threw the thumb dude. out and I got, I got a couple short rides as people go on to the next town. And, and, and finally this dude drives up uh, and he rolls down his window and he's all tatted up and kind of a, you know, a bro. Yeah. Yeah. And but super friendly. And he's like, Hey man, like you need a ride. And I was like, fuck yeah, I do. And, uh, he's like, well, I'm actually like not going far at all. Um, I'm actually just going back to my house. I'm, I'm having some people over tonight. Um, do you want to come over? Like you can spend the night. <laughs> And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely want to do that. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. So I hop in this guy's car and, and, uh, you know, we drive off to his house and it was the day before new year. So they were having like a little celebration. So I, I got to meet, you know, my first day in New Zealand, I'm meeting all these cool ass Kiwis, um, just drink, you know, drinking beer with them. And they're telling me about the country and they had horses. So I got to ride one of their horses. Oh, nice. Which, I'd never done before. It was bareback. She just like, she's like, just hop on. Here's a bridle. I'm like, what? Like, there's no saddle. <laughs> like, what? Damn. So it was just like a very interesting, like, wow, I'm in New Zealand and this is happening kind of experience. And then did he, did he like drive you the rest of the way, like the next day or something? Like, how'd you get all the way back to the trail after that? No. So yeah, the next day he, he dropped me back off, uh, on the main, the main highway and, um, I threw the phone back out and within minutes, this, um, this girl from Sweden drove by and stopped and she just so happened. Um, she was heading up to Cape Rianga oh, to check it shit. out. So I got hooked up. Um, and so yeah, she took me the whole way there. It took about three hours. Nice. Um, 
And yeah, and then I was on the trail. It was cool. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, sounds like hitchhiking is pretty damn like easy in New Zealand, so that's good to know, dude. That's good to know. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I feel like I just learned a ton about that trail, and hopefully everybody listening did as well. Because like I said, like that's that one's like definitely higher on my list than the Arizona Trail. So hopefully I'll get around to both of them, but we'll see. We'll see, <laughs> dude. We're kind of getting towards the end here, Austin. Um, thank you so much for taking the time. With that said, I warned you about the like telling a story at the end thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I I forgot I forgot to tell like one of my previous guests, so I'm just I'm just trying to make sure. So I guess yep. yeah, dude. With that said, um, at the end of the episode, I always like to have my guests just share a story, literally any story from any of your hikes. You know, just anything related to your hike at all. It could be like in town, like fucking like literally anything at all. Um, and yeah, what what do you have for us? Yeah, man. So, uh, before I hiked the PCT, I, I hiked about, uh, 400 miles of the Arizona trail just to kind of do a gear shakedown and to, you know, figure stuff out. Cause I, you know, I didn't have any experience. And so I was out there on doing one section and, um, uh, it was a super hot day. Um, just long desert walk all day. It was like a 20, 30 mile walk through the desert. And, um, I had my eyes set on this Ramada, um, just kind of, um, in the desert that there's, you know, gut hook says there's a Ramada with a spigot there and there should be water. So okay. I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to get there. And so I, I pull up around like right, right when the sun's coming down and I find the spigot and I'm like, all right, all right, please be water. Like I'm super thirsty <laughs> and I turn it on and, and sure enough, yeah, like water's coming out. Life is good. Um, and so, you know, I'm pretty filthy. It's been a couple of days since I've, you know, washed my hands, my face, uh, you know, my socks are pretty gross. So yeah, yeah. I kind of start taking a little bath in the spigot, like, you know, just getting the dust off, washing my socks. And as I'm washing my last pair of socks, uh, I start to notice the spigot like starts to kind of like slow down. The water starts to kind of like come to a trickle. Oh no. And <laughs> Yeah, dude. And then it just stopped. Like <laughs> there was no more water. And, you know, of course I, I hadn't filled up my water bottles oh, yet. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so dude, I, there I am in you know the middle of the desert. There's no one around. There's nothing around. And I don't have any water in like the nearest water source. It's not that bad. It's like five miles off, but like I I was toasted. I wasn't gonna do five more miles yeah, that yeah. night. So it sucked, man. I, I just ended up, you know, camping that night, super thirsty. Um, it was a bummer, but the good news is the silver lining. I learned a very valuable lesson. You always fill your water fill your first. first. <laughs> <laughs> so I never, I never made that mistake again, man. Um, to always fill your bottles oh, first. Damn. But hey, I had clean socks. So that was, that was yeah, for cool. real, for real. At least you'll feel a little bit cleaner. Like, did that ever happen to you again? Like, oh, like, did you ever, um, like go to, you know, like for obviously fill your bottles up first and then, you know, do some more clean stuff with the water afterwards and have a spigot just stop like that. Dude, that has never happened to me again. Um, <laughs> but you'll still you'll still never take that risk, I'm sure. No, no. But I don't know what the situation was, like where that water's coming from, if it's a well or what, man. But yeah, dude, I tapped it out. I feel damn, bad if the river was behind me. <laughs> Hey, well, like you just said, at least you got clean socks, dude. <laughs> That's so funny. Yep. I mean, I'm I'm sure it wasn't funny at the time, but it's kind of funny now listening back. So <laughs> thanks for sharing, dude. Um, I think we're going to kind of wrap this up, Austin. Real quick before we go, can you just take a second to plug like your website and your Instagram and all those places people can go and uh, find you at? 
Yeah, for sure. So if you want to check out, um, you know, my hikes, I, I wrote, uh, I blogged every day. So my website is uh, not a bad place to pee.com. <laughs> and uh, on Instagram, you can find me at trail underscore, underscore snacks. So trail snacks. Awesome. Um, and yeah, that's it. Thanks a lot, Kyle. Yeah, dude. Thanks so much. Don't hang up quite yet. But to everybody listening, thank you so much. Austin, thank you again one more time, dude. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go watch the Bruins play their first Stanley Cup game. Go Bruins. Uh, yeah, Trail Tales out. <laughs> Thanks, everybody.